And welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller, thank you for stopping in here to listen to me ramble on. (laughs) We have been rambling on for eight years now together, and so why not a little more? I am, this is remote microphone. I'm on the road. I am in Hotlanta, which is rainy Lanta. We had the tropical depression come up through here in a couple of days of rain visiting an old friend that I used to produce television with and always good when we get to spend some time together. I did get to do something that was really fun. Now, these later books that Fred Dodson has written and that I've narrated talk about subterranean beings in a few of them. There's a whole chapter dedicated to it in in the book on heaven and hell, the levels of heaven and hell. And he mentions Sasquatch, Bigfoots, or Bigfoot, (laughs) Is it singular or plural? Well, if you go north of Atlanta to the Cherry Log, little community of Cherry Log, it's just outside of Blue Ridge, Georgia, there is a Sasquatch Museum that is actually very well done. So if you are ever in this area and have an interest in that, I would highly thumbs up recommend the Sasquatch Museum in Cherry Log, Georgia. Bob and I drove up there, and we just had a blast. He thought it was a hoot, too. So I'll tell you what, they've had a bunch of sightings, and they've had a bunch of sightings around here and and even around, boy, I'll tell you where one of the hot spots is, is Asheville. Whoa, whoa. Anyway, that's not the topic today. I wanted to talk about something that I've been reflecting on, and I've got to say I so appreciate Sarah Wakeman. My goodness, what a just an angelic presence in my life. Those of you that are on our Facebook group and our Facebook community, Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast listeners, Sarah picked up on something the other day. She picked up on that I just wasn't, I wasn't uh, at my normal peak, and she could feel it energetically. And we haven't spoken for quite a while, so she didn't know. She had no context. She could just feel it. And she put a post up that many of you have responded to, and I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate it, sharing the love and sending the love back. Well, a little Paul Harvey rest of the story, what was behind that and what Sarah was picking up on is I'm recording this in mid-June. It's actually Solstice Day. This is Solstice and Father's Day. Uh, so happy Father's Day to all. <laughs> it's like you guys will be listening to this in the middle of winter or uh, other times, but it is the moment of the of de jour, the moment of the recording here. So why not just mention it? And it's solstice 2021, the June solstice 2021. So it's June 20th, and as I'm recording this for the last couple of weeks, so basically for the month of June, I've just not been feeling my tip top. And as I have been with most compartments of my life, there are very few that don't get mentioned on here. I have something that I've had since the fall of 2013, which is an arrhythmic heartbeat. Now, it's not all the time. It comes and goes, but it's atrial fibrillation. And if you're familiar with it, it's something my dad had, and it takes a, a notch out of your heart. Well, I've been experiencing that, and... So there's been a frustration around that, obviously, and then just a desire for full speed, and I haven't been able to do full speed. And it was kind of the crossroads of those emotions that I think Sarah was picking up on on one particular evening, and boy, she hit me right at the bottom. And all of your messages just were so encouraging, and I really appreciate it. 
But it got me thinking, and I kind of am calling these kinds of episodes now a journal page. Let's go in the journal and think of some things together. And maybe the narrative here kind of changes from stories of what I did to the way I'm thinking or just the way that I'm processing things like this. So this is literally just like if we were sitting together having a conversation about this. So the thought was, how do we handle challenges when they come up? Because I think we all would agree that life on earth, no matter how silver spooned you were born, has challenges. I mean, you might say, well, unless you're a royal, (laughs) it's full of challenges. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's just no exemption from it, really. Even the cave-dwelling Tibetan monk has gnats buzzing around his face. I mean, come on. It's earth. We have challenges, right? So, the question that I'm pondering is how do we handle them? So, I would suggest, first of all, that you take a minute, even pausing this for a second, to identify your own paradigm of handling challenges and really put some thought into it for a minute. Get in mind how you process challenges in your own situation. So, for example, let's just think this through. When challenges arise, does fear come in? Did for me for a long, long time. It was my number one paradigm. That would have been my paradigm, fear. Fearing the challenge. But if it does come in for you, how does it come in? Or think about maybe fight or flight. Run. Or stand up and fight. Try to attack it and kill it before it gets any bigger. That's getting into parasympathetic nervous system stuff. And again, that's an issue that would come up if we were looking over my journal page. Or a lot of people toughen up. I mean, put your head down and find a solution. Power through. Man up, if you will. Maybe you go to friends for advice and just accumulate a lot of information. So it's more of a processing kind of thing. You process your way through it. Maybe you set it aside and avoid. That's a big one, isn't it? Things that aren't addressed will just go away on their own. That's a big one. Think of yours. Maybe you've got a combination of some of these. And then let's take it a step further. What if it is something that you, and I'm going to put this in quotes, quote, cannot control like the rhythm of your heart? Or I was talking to somebody this week about an autoimmune condition where the body is literally attacking itself. Or a company that says they no longer need your services. Or a company that has preferred to hire someone else over you. Or a person in your life, in a relationship, or a budding relationship, who has maybe chosen the same thing, somebody else over you, and it has sent daggers through your heart. And yet, they have the ability of choice, and we have to honor their choice as much as it hurts. Conditions and situations and challenges that we can't control. What do you do then? Do you pray? I think that's a comforting and typical response. We pray in the construct of how we know prayer and to whom or what we pray. But when it's beyond our ability, we seek comfort in 
expressing our desires and our hurts and our emotions to source, a source that is bigger than ourselves, right? Sometimes we might seek professional help. We might seek alternative help. We might try to fix the issue ourselves, or again, we might bring in the help of others. Then I thought of this. This is kind of an interesting angle to this whole thing. Do you manage the challenge internally or externally? In other words, would anybody know that you had the challenge? Or does everybody know that you had the challenge? (laughs) You know? So do you manage it through, I'm going to say, drawing attention to yourself? Do you let the world know that you have a problem? Or do you internalize it and basically, I'm going to say, suffer, quote unquote, if you will, or just, you know, muddle through it? So I think these are some great constructs that if I were putting this in my own journal, which I have, (laughs) believe me, I have, I'm not going to go into my own notes, but those are some of the outlines that have come up and additional thoughts that came up around this. For the purpose of, number one, identifying my own structure of how I deal with it. Because inside that structure, inside understanding that structure, is where we start to see and identify some of the subconscious themes, paradigms, programs that are embedded in our unconscious mind that we can bring up and out and start to reshape to reprogram. Because see, if we don't think about these things, they are the autopilot. That's been the theme of all of these episodes since episode number one, is that there is an unconscious side of us that drives our behavior every single time we are confronted with something, positive or negative. So this constant exploration that we are in is finding ways that we can uproot, identify, not in a bad way. It's part of who we are. It probably came from our past, and I'm saying even before our birth. It was from partial genetics, I would imagine, our upbringing, and our life experiences. It all contributes to it. But it is the driver until it is reprogrammed. So if it's driving us in a direction that we don't want that outcome, we have to interrupt the program and we have to reshift it into something else. And that's basically this complete process. And we just find new ways of doing it. Like this with challenges, which might be a little bit of something like I've brought up that you, you think, well, the doctor says or my body is operating in this kind of way, functioning in this kind of way. And therefore, dot, dot, dot. And I'm just like, hold on a minute here. Let's go, in, let's go inside this. Let's pick this thing apart and see what might show up that I haven't even thought about. And then, I like this process. It is not necessary, but it has worked for me to go back as far as I can in the conscious past to find the first responses. Because I think those earliest childhood responses to a particular situation give us clues to what is embedded in that subconscious. At least that we can find consciously. 
Now, there are some ways that we can dig in there and probe in there unconsciously. One of them would be under hypnosis. Another I'm going to tell you about in just a couple of minutes. But at least to go back in our memory, what we can recall consciously about the structure around how we responded to challenges in the very, the very first time. And, and as I, I will tell you this, my first response to a really challenging situation was fear. So one of the ways for me to turn that around is to run toward it instead of away from it. So after looking back, then I look at where I am right now. How am I responding today? Because obviously we've grown since we were that little child. So how has it come forward? Has it changed even? Or you might go back and realize, oh my gosh, I'm responding exactly the same way. Or we might look at it and say, wow, I've really shifted that, but there's more. Remember, we're always peeling this onion called life, right? So is there a way that I can improve? Could I even improve another 5% or 10%? Could I make a minor adjustment that might make a really big difference after years or decades if I changed my response just subtly? All right? And then last... I list out the changes that I know that I can make. What is the shift? Now, if you go back to even some of the earliest episodes, that process right there pretty much encompasses everything from the year in the RV to all of the stuff that has happened in my life since is filtering things or running things through a similar process to that. Not running from who or what I am, Facing the challenge in one way or another, going back to the origins, picking apart the paradigm, reconstructing it. How do I respond automatically? And I've done that a lot in the journal by just listing out what happened. Reconstruct a particular situation. And then I often look at the opposite or the new construction where I'd like to go and then start to take action toward that new behavior. Now, I mentioned before that I wanted to tell you about a process that I encountered not long ago that I think expedites this in a really well-structured way of identifying things that are still in there and getting them out and then turning it around, but also adding a physical component of hitting your acupuncture points, hitting some meridians to help stimulate your body into doing this. This is all self-activated. It's all... This is Zoom or a telephone kind of uh, process. But if you are in our Facebook group, the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast listeners, you know of Lynn Schaefer. She frequently posts and comments in there. And I asked Lynn some time ago about this technique or this process that she is certified in and has studied extensively for years and experienced it several times myself. And I can tell you, the first time that we did this was around my voice. See, I'm letting all of my medical issues drip out in this podcast. (laughs) Okay, here they all are. Here's my chief complaint list if you were the nurse at at the doctor's office. So my vocal cords don't close all the way. And we won't go down that path. But we were addressing that. And she was able to identify some patterns that are very prominent in my life that are attached to my dad that I had no idea I was basically mimicking. Because in 1968, because of vocal cord cancer, 
my dad had one of his vocal folds removed. And for the rest of his life, he talked in a whisper about like this because he had half of a vocal cord. And what came out of this process that Lynn was able to draw out of my own subconscious locks and chambers was that I was basically mimicking that very thing. I was about nine when that happened, and it was traumatizing. Obviously, I remember it like it was yesterday and imprinted a subconscious pattern in my own life to replicate dad's vocal issue. Well, we've been working on the turnaround, and do you know that my voice is radically different from a couple of processes that have have combined? And this is the thing. I tell you that when you are ready, the universe will provide the resources. I've said that before. When the student is willing, the teacher appears. And in this case, it was a combination of of a couple of things, and this was an absolutely amazing uprooting. And this is how you can change your subconscious programming and change your literally physical outcome. So I'm in the process of working through this now, and I'm going to be working through it with Lynn related to my heart. But her website is called thebeautifulmindcoach.com, thebeautifulmindcoach.com. And she's also in our Facebook group. She's in there quite a bit, and you can interact with her there. Either place, whatever's comfortable for you, she has a contact ability there on the website. So I wanted to make you aware of that because it really, her services fit the flow of exactly what we've been talking about here. So if this is something that you would like to explore and possibly dig deeper into, Reach out to Lynn and you can find out more about her program. Real easy website to remember, thebeautifulmindcoach.com. You know, I'm constantly on the search for new techniques and technologies and filtering them then through my own experience. I don't put stuff on here that I don't experience myself. And, And then when the universe crosses my path with something and it makes an impact on my life, then yes, obviously I like to pass it on to you and that's... That's my referral here with this work. So challenges, they'll come. They'll come. And when they do, look at them as a great opportunity to go inside and do some deep subconscious work and reprogramming. Welcome them as a friend. It's part of our journey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which reminds me. Thanks for listening. And along the way, enjoy your journey. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.